gritty city mm-hmm. space jam. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> gritty city space jam. Well, now I'm just thinking about Michael Jordan. Well-met adventurers, my name is Lee. I'm Joe, and welcome to Mage Productions. For this week, we're back with a new system, but we have a returning person. (gasps) Yay! Yay! (laughs) We have Megan Lynn for the win, our uh, four possums in a Mm -hmm. trench coat, real-life warlock. Doing all the human things. Yeah. All the human things. Yes. Human Hello. things. Human things. Human things. And nothing else. <laughs> Hello. You have another I system do. for us. I do have another system. I Yay. Love, love, love. love. So, so what do we got this time? This time I bring you um, Forged in the Dark um, is the name of the system. The game I will be talking about is blades in the dark which is where the system originated from um and you'll see it's another very narrative focused game set in an absolutely buck wild setting which is apparently my exact entire jar of jam um so i'm excited (laughs) to share it with you (laughs) ah that's amazing and i've i've seen blades in the dark and really the book just looks really cool Right? Yes. It's great. I'm holding the book. But (laughs) she's holding the book and it is very pretty and it's very cool. And it's super nice. Yes. But I know absolutely nothing about it. It's time to change that all. I know. I'm very excited to do some learning. I'm gonna learn you all about all about this super cool like it's a super cool system. It's got a there's a lot of moving parts to it but it works it's designed very well that it works very seamlessly in play um but there's a bunch of pieces that go into it it's a brilliantly designed system blades in the dark was written by john harper um who is just mondo talented um this game is fantastic i can't recommend it enough i'm actually starting going to be running a campaign for some folk um coming up soon um, as my first foray into GMing, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but that's how cool nice. the system is. I'm so psyched on it. I was like, I need to run this game. Please and thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Super, super pumped on Blades in the Dark. Um, so yeah, we can dive in. So yeah, let's do it. Let's dive Blades in the in. Dark. Um, so, to start, I will paint you a word picture of Duskfall, which is the city that Blades in the Dark takes place in. Um, so, Duskfall is... The elevator pitch for Duskfall is so good and so wonderfully encapsulated in one sentence in the book that I could not paraphrase it any better, so I'm going to read it word for word from the book, and it is as follows... Hold on to your butts. This is going to get wild. <laughs> All right. You're in a haunted Victorian era city trapped inside a wall of lightning powered by demon blood. Welcome to Duskfall. Hmm. That's. Is that so, it? That's the Duskfall whole thing? is 
a Victorian era, vaguely steampunky. Um, it's described, they describe it as like a mashup of um, Venice and London and Prague. So like a lot of like narrow, windy streets, a lot of like bunches, like little waterways throughout the whole city. Um, very much um, like industrial revolution kind of steampunky type setting. Um, the city itself is um, in perpetual darkness and it is haunted by just a whole lot of ghosts because a thousand years ago there was a cataclysm that shattered the sun and broke open the gates of death. So the city is permanently dark, chock-a-block full of ghosts, and they have erected on the outskirts of the city these giant lightning towers to keep out the ghosts. And these lightning towers are powered by demon blood. <laughs> I have so many questions already. It's not even funny. I'm so into this oh, already. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so people, like, as part of the lore, there are people that are essentially, like, sky pirates and pirate pirates that go in these giant metal ships outside the wall um, to hunt these massive demons called leviathans and harvest their blood, um, which is electroplasmic, and the electroplasm in the blood powers the lightning barriers that keep the ghosts out, but it also keeps everybody in. So that's the setting that we're working with. Jeez. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, that's the cool. cool thing about this book, <laughs> um, they give you a lot of like touchstones as like when you're thinking of a campaign, like think about it like um, like giving you other like pop culture touchstones to like really get you in the mood for like what kind of games run in the system. Um, so mm -hmm. like the big one that popped out to me just like from the jump is Dishonored. Um, it's very much like Dishonored. Um like Dunwall, um, these Peaky Blinders, um, Gangs of New York, Thief, Bloodborne, um, just a lot of, they pull from a lot of different things um, because this is a game about a bunch of criminals operating within this city. Um, so they set it up. They tell you, like, this is Duskfall, this is how it is, everybody's trapped inside here, so the players um, themselves are a crew of criminals that are operating within the confines of the city of Duskfall, and um, the campaign, as you tell it, is a tale of their exploits, the jobs that they do, and their reputation in the city as a crew... Um, and how they interact with other factions and the law within the city is the long and short of what this game is. Yeah. Wow. That's super awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love the feel very, of that. Just dirty and gritty and like you you start off knowing that you're not I don't want to say you're you're bad guys because like just because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you are a bad guy. <laughs> but 
you're criminals. Sure. You're, you're operating outside <laughs> the law. Like the nature of this game exists in that you are doing some unsavory things. Um, mm-hmm. So now, so that's the long and short of the game. So when you, so when you're making your characters, um, obviously a big piece that goes into that, you are creating um, another cool thing about the system I like is there's also a bond mechanic, which I am quite fond of. So you are creating, you are picking your class. Not only are the character classes super cool, they have like just really badass names. Um, so you have the cutters, which are your fighters, like your brawlers. Um, hounds are trackers and sharpshooters. Leeches are tinkerers, alchemists, and saboteurs. Lurks are infiltrators. Slides are manipulators. Spiders are masterminds. And whispers are arcane users. I love it. Wow. So Yes. Love it. Everything is just yes. so so cool. Um yes. so you pick you pick your character, your class, and once everybody picks their class, you then pick um you determine what type of crew you're going to be, which is a sec which is the second step of character creation. Um so you can be assassins, occult, um, hawkers, smugglers, shadows. Um, there's some cool DLC. They have like a revolutionary um, anarchist type um, crew that just got added as some um, bonus as um, some new classes that they release. So you decide and this can even come if you're a GM and you just know you want to play Blades and you don't have a lot of ideas. If you let your players pick their classes and pick their crew type you can get inspiration from there if they're like, all right, we know we know we want to be smugglers. And you can just go yeah. from there knowing, be like, all right, like there's so much to work with without mm-hmm. even having anything already thought out, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. I like the whole crew aspect yeah, of it. Like, it really... It, it brings it gives everybody a purpose of right being and with each that's other something right off the bat for me as a player that matters a lot to me is is having a reason mm-hmm. why everyone's together um so yeah after you get those two things together then you are you're good to you're good to start playing um so it's a d6 wow. system um which really nice um it is it could not be easier you <laughs> um you roll your d6s um the amount of d6s you get is determined by what traits that what traits you have um and the difficulty of the task but you keep just the single highest number so super easy a six is a critical mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. four to five is a partial success and one to three is no good um, so it's easy as that. You just roll cool. your clutch of D6s. The average roll is going to be about four, um, depending on the difficulty of the task and your proficiencies in your character class, um, with your abilities. Um, there are a couple different types of roles. So there are action roles, downtime roles, fortune roles, and resistance roles, which we can get into. Um, generally speaking, you're doing a lot of action roles would be to like, 
would be to attack and do things that are a little more risky or things that are done under pressure. Um, whereas like a fortune roll is just say the care, the player says, Oh, do I see that there's anything valuable here? That would be a fortune roll where there's not really any risk, but the DM doesn't want to just say, yeah, okay. Yeah. You get that. It's making them work for it. Um, a resistance role is if something happens to your character that you're not cool with, you can roll to resist it and take um, a mechanic called stress mm. um, to resist the action. So if your GM says, oh, well, you fumbled this role, so now you are on the ground and you're incapacitated, you can say, actually, I'm going to roll to resist that because I really need my weapon and I really need to stay on my feet and you can roll to potentially circumvent that happening to you. Nice. Which is cool. Um, so, yeah, the basic setup of this game and how sessions um, are played, they tell you right in the game book that it's supposed to play like episodes of a TV show is the setup okay. of it. So... Um, mm -hmm. which makes this perfect for if you have a group of people that you want to play, but you can't play every week and you just want to be able to pick it up when you can. It's perfect for like intermittent campaigns. It's perfect for like one shots or two shots. Um, so mm -hmm. every game or session within the game, you have, there are four, um, phases of it, um, for lack of a better term. So you have free play, which is in the beginning, and that's like any RP and character scenes. That's when you're setting the scene up. You're setting up um, what's going to be happening. So this is the GM saying, like, basically, this is your like this is your mission for this go-round. You're setting the scene. You're letting characters interact with each other. They're gathering information that'll help them on this job. Um, and they're creating a plan. Basically, this is your planning phase, your RP phase, your setup. Um, then you go into what's called the engagement role, which is basically you're rolling to see how well all of your preparation went. And then you move into the score, which is the actual meat and potatoes of it. This is you actually doing the job. You're there, you're reacting in real time to um, what you're doing, the actions and consequences of your planning from the previous phases, and also includes a really cool mechanic called flashbacks which is something that i've never seen in any other system and basically this means if during this um during your score you say you know what would it make sense like i think that i studied the i think i know the blueprints to this building you can talk out an rp a flashback in which your character did that thing in preparation for the job. So if you can think of a solution in real time for what's happening now, you can say, oh, I did this already and flash back to it. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Wow. That sounds a lot like how, um, oh gosh, what was it? Tales of the Loop is set up. Yeah. Where the games are, are segmented into those different, like, sections which i i think is a really cool cool thing and and it sets the expectations for for all the players at the table and 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's something that's, that's super cool. Um, and it, you just use stress, which is something I alluded to and we can go into more detail. You spend basically everything costs stress. It's very much like real life. (laughs) You make things happen (gasps) by taking stress. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. I feel yep. like I should have a lot more things accomplished at this point then. <laughs> oh, that's relatable. Content. Taking a lot of stress. <laughs> um, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after your score phase, then you move into the downtime phase, which is has four phases as well, which is payoff, heat, entanglements, and downtime activities. And then you loop back around to free play. So it does work very episodically, very much like a TV show. It's set up in these phases, so it's very clear. You know where you are in your like timeline of this particular job. Um, so another super, super cool aspect of this game that I haven't seen in any other games is there are clocks so the clock mechanic this game is like four games in one but everything works together so seamlessly um so you have clocks and basically these clocks represent um your track to either overcome something or you getting closer to being in trouble with something so like say your characters are trying to infiltrate a mansion you might set up a clock that's like all right you have there are four wedges in your clock for you trying to infiltrate this mansion and there also is another clock for security discovering you trying to infiltrate this mansion and you're racing against each other and whoever's clock fills in first is the one that accomplishes what they're trying to do um so the more segments in your clock the more complex a task you're trying to do um which also loops into the downtime mechanics because something that a player can do during downtime is set a long-term project, um, which could be I want to make contact with a rival faction or I want to build this new weapon or I want to create this new potion or learn a new spell um, or infiltrate the city guard and the GM will determine how intense of um, a task this is going to be and sets up your clock and then determines how much work you need to do to accomplish that task. So it's kind of like a mini mini game um, that that keeps the it keeps That's the pressure cool. on like it keeps everything very it's moving forward like it keeps the action moving forward because you're able to see right there like there is a clock here and we need to count it down and when it, if it's something that's working against them like the gm can just throw up a clock and not tell and won't tell the players what it is but like up oh, here's a clock <laughs> <laughs> better hope like better hope you do something before the clock is done so it's like an that's added level cool. of urgency and it puts the mm-hmm. pressure on which is something yeah in a game about crime you need to have like a level of like stress and stakes there and just like a little pie chart looking clock is enough to put a lot of a lot of pressure on people to make sure they're accomplishing what they're setting out to do <laughs> that's <Yeah>. great 
We've done something similar to that with D and D games where we just put up a random mm. timer and just like <laughs> set our phone on the table with the timer going on it, and everybody's like, "What? What's that mm. timer for?" Oh, don't don't worry oh, about that timer. You're gonna find it. out in three you, you, minutes. You, you <laughs> might find out. Yeah. Just we'll just see. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. It's it's fine. It's amazing <laughs> how that will affect mm-hmm. what a party will do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then also within this game is what they call the faction game, which is like a true mini game, so to speak, within the system. In that Duskfall, you are not the only crew of criminals operating in this city. There are a plethora of factions that are operating in the city and by nature of you being a criminal faction, you will make enemies with some of them and you will be friends with some of them. Um, So in the book itself, they have all of these factions created. It says where in the city they operate, they list notable members, what they do, what gets you on their good side, what gets you on your bad side. So you start off the game deciding as a crew, basically some factions that you are already on good terms with and some factions that you are on bad terms with. And that gives another level for the GM to play with. And as part of the um, the downtime phase of the game, one of those phases is called heat. And then there's one called entanglements. And heat basically is how much the law and the powers that be are aware of what your crew is doing. And entanglements are how aware other factions are of what your crew is doing so if the job you just completed screwed over another faction you're going to get negative reputation with that faction and you will have to answer for it as the campaign goes on or if you did something that really helped out another faction then you that faction might be around to call in favors from as the campaign goes on that's cool that's just a whole different level of yeah i'm like yeah neat. i'm like just to try yeah. to get really good audio i'm trying to find like this how thick the second <laughs> oh here we go so there are 32 pages of factions wow and they wow. tell you like npcs their turf their quirks other factions are allied with um, their current situation within the city. All of the background mm. for all of these different factions that are operating with this in the city. Um, and it's up to the crew and the GM really to determine how much of an effect that has on the game. Because if you, if you have players that like jump on and be like, this faction sounds awesome. We are now their rivals. We're going to take all of their turf from them. Like, that's more set up the GM's like, all right, cool. <laughs> We're gonna Cool. Let's they, let's do that. This book is so full of just everything you could ever need. They have like your maps, maps of the city, your neighborhoods, all of your factions. Um it is Oh my gosh. Incredible book. Um and then Really, the last part that goes into this is a part of your downtime, which is called... And it's part of character creation as well. So as part of character creation, um, you choose a vice. So it can be Mm -hmm. 
gambling. It can be like obligation, like you're doing charity work. Um, it can be you have to rest a lot. Like you have, let me see if I can find the So you choose a vice because as I said before, this is a game where taking stress is a big part of getting things done. Um, so how do you relieve stress? By indulging in your vices. Um, so your vices, you can have faith, gambling, luxury, obligation, pleasure, and weird. <laughs> yep. Weird. And weird. I know what mine is. Um, so during yeah, downtime, depending on um, <laughs> if you took stress during the score, um, you can choose to indulge your vice and that basically you talk about what you've done and you roll and you're hoping to roll under or equal to the amount of stress you took. If you overindulge, that's also bad because overindulging is bad. Um, <laughs> so that's another another really cool mechanic. Um, <laughs> There's so many... So many moving yeah. parts yeah. and so many like, mm, I don't want to say dependencies because dependencies says it, it's not the right word for it, but there's a lot of overlaying pieces that, like you said earlier, that they, they do really seem to work well together while being infinitely different. Yeah. All they, at the same time. It pulls... And it was funny as I'm like going through and trying to break this down to be easier to parse just in a brief synopsis of how the system works is breaking it down to the sum of its parts. It seems like a lot. And when you put it all together and pile it together in the way that this game is designed, everything works so perfectly in sync. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that's so cool because there are so many moving parts of this game, but they all work in perfect tandem with one another. And it just layers like you have pieces that are interconnected. There's a lot of focus on your characters and their actions and their consequences and their vices and stresses. And if you take too much stress, you get trauma which is a permanent effect on your character that you then deal with throughout the game um as well so there are very lasting effects that these characters can that these characters go through while in addition you have the added stressors of these clocks whether they be something you're working towards or working against you in the factions whether they're working with you or working against you there's it's a big machine because they've created this this city full of people and everything is always mm -hmm. working whether or not the crew is actively moving everything is always in motion and i think that's what the system what comes across the most to me is that it's it's a very finely tuned machine with all of these parts working together um yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and wow. if and if um gritty dirty city criminals isn't your jam, don't worry. 
Because <laughs> I'll plug also, it's Space Sci-Fi Cousins Scum and Villainy, which <laughs> is also a Forge in the oh. Dark um, game. This is written by Strauss um, Asimovic and John LaBeouf Little, and it's basically Blades in the Dark in Space, um, which works with the Forge yes. in the Dark system with um, just some things... Um, removed and inputted to obviously convert it to a space setting. Um, so this game is also very, very good if you like space and who doesn't like space. Um, mm-hmm. So it all so the right. system itself <laughs> in its core is very easy. You're just rolling d6s and seeing what happens, but it's everything else that happens around that that really is mm-hmm. where like the meat and potatoes of the game are and it's about actions and consequences every single thing you do in this game will have a consequence one way or another and it's the Mm. players and the gm determining what that means (laughs) i like that i think Mm, yeah (laughs) no that's just that's just good that is good stuff. That is definitely going on my my yep. to buy list. It's yeah. The book is so also cool. the book is so cool looking. And the artwork <laughs> in it is insane. It's all like this is good audio too, but it's this is great cool. audio. Wow, look at that! Mm. It's like a dude, and he's like holding a thing, and the other guys yep. on the other side also holding a thing. You're gonna have to buy the book to see. But what it's we're like yeah, you're gonna have to buy the book, and yeah, it's. <laughs> It's so worth it. Like, <laughs> the book, it, it's such an incredible resource. There's so much information in this book. And it takes a little bit of time, I'm not going to lie, to like truly understand how the game works. But after like a cursory read, you will, you'll understand how the game works. It then is just like the fine-tuning. I... Um, heard about it for the first time um friends at the table did a mini arc of playing blades in the dark that made me absolutely fall in love with the system they then did a season of scum and villainy which is very very good um so if you're looking for some fun crime gritty type stuff and you want it to be very narrative focused then this is definitely right in the wheelhouse of where you want to be i like it I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it's it's just a beautifully designed game. Yeah. That's That's awesome. And what a cool game to uh start yeah, GMing with. It there's I yeah. mean I might bite off more than I can chew, but like I'll just chew it. <laughs> you just chew it's it. It's fine. Yeah. Just keep chewing. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. Eventually you'll get through just, it. Just just keep chewing. Yeah. Just let your players mm-hmm. talk. And, and that's the perfect system for it. I'm just, <laughs> like, you just let your players talk. You let your players, like, you can set something very little into motion and come up with so much from what the game gives you and from what the players do with what they're given. It's, it's a very much a game where you can say, you need to steal this one thing from this one guy. He's going to be on a train in four days what do you do (laughs) and you can do cool like your players run the whole thing they 
decide what their plans are. They gather their information, make their contacts, and you just are there to scoot them along when they need a little bit of help. Nice. Mm. It sounds like, from a GM's perspective, it sounds like a really great minimal yeah, prep game. I definitely too. think it is based on like the system itself and also just based on how the potential that's there. Like you kind of have to just mm-hmm. um, just go with it. You you yeah. prep a little bit and see what your players bring to the table and then go from there. Cool. Heck yeah. Cool. Heck yeah. So thank you so much for, you know, taking all of this time to talk to us about this super amazing system mm-hmm. that I yeah. now have to have. We, we have to play yeah. this with our group, Joe. Just saying. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Um, so if somebody wants to find more about Forge in the Dark, Blades in the Dark, and such system and all that jazz, where can they go to get that information and or the yeah. books and so, all that good stuff? Um, you can find the books a lot of places. Um, so there is a bladesinthedark.com um, that's got anything new that comes up on there. I, let me just get up onto Prunker Um So it's printed by <laughs> Evil Hat. So on Evil Hat's website, they have um, like a lot of the stuff cool. they print. You can get the playbooks on there downloadable for free. They have the PDFs of the playbooks. Um you can find everything everything there on their website. Also, there's bladesinthedark.com, which has everything. Um, but you can find it. You can find it a lot of a lot of places. I got mine on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but you can find them at your... I've seen them at like my local game store, Stocks Blades in the Dark, um, with the other TTRPG books. Um, but Evil Hat's probably awesome. going to be your, your easiest best way to find everything located in one place. You can also find scum and villainy there too. If, if space crime is more your jam than gritty city crime. That's a hard one. It's, why not both? That is a hard one. Yep. Gritty you city space both. jam. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> gritty city space jam. Oh. I want to play a Space Jam RPG. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. now I'm just thinking about Michael yep. Jordan. As is correct. And Taz. Um, <laughs> if if people want to find out more about you and just how many possums it does take to fill a trench coat, um, where can they find all of you your super awesome find stuff? me, um, mostly on Twitter, at Megan Lynn FTW, where I do scream about being four possums in a trench coat. I also scream a ton about TTRPGs and how much I love everybody and a lot of talk and praise is given to my glorious patron, Red Bull, from whom all blessings flow. So you can find <laughs> me there if any of that sounds like your jam. Um, you can also find me um, on Encounter Roleplay. I play in their Ravnica stream every Monday at 6 Eastern where I play a delightfully naive celestial warlock whom i love very much and you can find any of the games that i've written on itch.io slash megan lynn ftw 
I've got some cool stuff, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Very cool. And does this include the Jonathan Taylor Thomas game That's yet? That's in the works. Um, the Coming. JTTRPG. Okay. <laughs> this is what happens when my... Br- Saw that. This is what happens when I have very, very little sleep and my brain goes galaxy brain and things just fall out of it without me meaning to have them happen. So, yes, coming soon to an internet near you, the JTTRPG. If you would like to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at mage underscore podcast or check out our website, mageproductions.com. Or if you just want to tell other people how much you love the show and that they should listen, uh, you can leave us a five-star review. Go and review us wherever you get your podcast from. We really love to see those and read what you think. And we would like to give a huge shout-out to our partners and sponsors, SoNerdware.com, a place to find fun clothing and accessories tailored for tabletop geeks and nerds everywhere. They're also on Twitter at SoNerdware. So you can go to sonerdware.com and search for Mage Productions to find all of our cool swag. And then once you find everything, you can use code MAGE to get 10% off your entire order. 